Dr. Battle, can you share a little bit about yourself with our audience today? Well, thank you, Dr. Hardy. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be with you today and speaking with you and your audience. So a little bit about me. Uh, I am a licensed master social worker. Uh, my experience has been in uh, school social work in both New York and Georgia for more than uh, 17 years. I also have experience in academia as a social work professor, and I enjoy serving others. And I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to give back. You know, life has been good to me, and my goal is to support others through their life journey. And so that's a little bit about me. And I'm a woman of faith, and so uh, faith is very important to me and my family. And I just enjoy, you know, serving others. And it definitely sounds like you have vast experience. So I'm so thankful that, that you're joining us today. I know you have a book publication that focuses on grief. Could you share about the book and what influenced you to write it? So the title of the book, it's entitled Grief, Why Me? Why Not Me? A Journey of Self-Discovery. And to be very honest, this uh, book was really uh, a self-healing project for me, particularly as it relates to the loss of both of my parents. And so my mother passed away in 2008 and my dad passed away in 2014. And so those were major uh, milestones in my life. And as a social work professional and a Christian, you know, I wore um, several hats and in, in the community and the support that I provided. But here I was experiencing my own grief. And so, you know, I wanted to be able to process that, but I also wanted to be able to encourage others who've been impacted by grief and loss to hopefully see that experience as something that they can use to then share their story and support others who are going through the, their grief journey. And what is the title of your book? Yes, the title of the book is Grief, Why Me, Why Not Me? A Journey of Self-Discovery. Um, my husband is a co-author on the book. Um, he brings in his experience as a pastor. You know, the book really aligns with a Christian perspective to really help those who um, are of faith, who sometimes still struggle uh, with the idea of grief and loss. And so there's a whole section uh, where there are key scripture references just to let people know that you know, it's okay to, to grieve, that grief is normal, but it's also helping those to acknowledge that grief happens, whether you're a person of faith or not. It's, it's a universal. I really like how you mentioned that with the writing, it was part of your own healing journey. People often need a way to cope or process their grief. So I'm thankful that you mentioned that this was part of your process as well. And you mentioned that you are a social worker, you are also spiritual, and you also mentioned throughout the book that you include scriptures as well. So I was wondering, how would you describe the intersection of grief and faith? Oh, wow, Dr. Hardy, that's a great question. You know, I, I don't know if many people really put the two together, uh, but for me, I can't speak for everyone, but for me in my process, you know, faith was truly required to help me go through my grief process. You know, I believe that faith cultivates journey to inner healing. And so for me, um, as a woman of faith, you know, people often say, just pray about it. You know, you'll be okay. And I, I believe people mean well when they say that, but that can be a bit flippant at times because when you're going through 
such a traumatic event, um, it's hard to just accept that at face value. And so for me, um, pulling on my faith and recognizing that, yes, praying about it is good to do because I believe in that. However, there are times when you need some additional support and that's okay. I, I really believe that both grief and faith intersect. Um, it's truly a process. And for me, without a firm foundation in God, it would have been impossible for me to go through uh, my grief process as it relates to the loss of both my parents. To give our, our audience a broader understanding of what grief is, do you have a particular definition of grief? I do, actually. I once heard someone say, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks, that grief is truly an expression of love. And when I heard that, it's so aligned with everything I would share with others when I would educate others or train others who work with uh, people impacted by grief and loss. Because when you love something and it's no longer there in its physical form, you're going to grieve it. You're going to be hurt behind it. And so I think to normalize grief, because often there's a pathology associated with grief, and it shouldn't be. Grief is normal. It's a cultural universal. Um, it may manifest differently, but I think it's important to know that at its core, it's truly an expression of love. And that is a great quote, that grief is truly an expression of love. And when something we love is gone, we tend to have a reaction to that. And that is a normal part of the human experience. You mentioned a quote earlier, as many people know, I'm a note taker. So I've really <laughs> been catching some of these phrases you've stated. One was faith cultivates the journey to inner healing. I love that. Could you share just a little bit more about that, what that means to you? Absolutely. Um, and just to give a little bit more background, you know, I was an adult when my mom passed away. My mom and I were besties, right? I was 28 years old. And so by all definition, I was an adult. I struggled with trying to reconcile the loss of my mom. And so it really motivated me to think about and have a greater level of empathy for children who had to experience that. And so this is really how this process evolved. But, you know, to answer your question specifically, to know that there is another side, to know that you're not going to stay stuck in the grief process requires a level of faith to know that there's some hope beyond what you're currently going through. For me, that's where the piece of faith comes in because it grows you to realize that the other side is near. Um, it grows you to the place to be able to talk with Dr. Hardy on her podcast um, as a guest that has went through the healing phase. And I think if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, we are unable to support other people. And so you have to have that faith to know it's never going to go away, but you learn how to live your life differently. And that's what I tell clients. That's what I tell others who I work with. Faith truly cultivates the journey to inner healing. And you've got to have faith to know the situation may not change, but you learn how to live your life in uh, and through the situation. You mentioned earlier of how some people tend to pathologize grief as if there's something wrong or something to that extent, but it's a normal part of the human experience. In your opinion, how would someone know how they are grieving or what would be the signs, possible signs of grief, as I know it can be unique and different for everyone? Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I always lean in with that because 
grief will be manifested differently. It's, it's certainly surrounding the circumstances of the grief, uh, the connection. And uh, the work that I do, I often focus on grief as it relates to the physical death of someone. But we do know that grief and loss can be experienced uh, through other losses, loss of home, you know, loss of place, loss of identity, someone who's going through a divorce, someone whose home has been um, destroyed by a natural disaster. And so I just think it's important to broaden that definition. Um, and so based on those specific circumstances, the manifestation of that grief will look different. But for some, the clinical five stages of grief, if you will, you know, by Dr. Kubler-Ross. So some may go through the denial, the anger, the bargaining, you know, the depression, acceptance. I generally um, share with people that it's sort of like an ebb and flow. You know, you think about a river, it ebbs and it flows. And one day you may be here, the next day you may be there. So I tend to look at, at least through my grief process, more as a cyclical uh, event. You know, as I said, my mother passed when I was 28. I'm 41 years old now, but there'll be days that I'm absolutely fine. But then I hear a song and I think about my mom and I'm just sobbing. <laughs> and so as much as, as I've accepted the loss of both my parents, I still go through that cyclical grief process. So, um, and I think for those who um, really are trying to reconcile what that looks like for them, it's certainly okay to reach out to professional um, support services to really help you identify that. And at its simplest level, you know, just talking about it. And, and, and when you talk about it, you realize that it is normal and, and that it is okay. Thank you for bringing up about how there could be a song that plays and it can, and it can lead you into crying. And that really helps people to understand that there can be those periods that come, whether it's a song, whether it's a holiday that brings back this flood of emotions. However, that is still okay. Absolutely. And I love that you ended with that because I think it's so important to be intentional to support others to know that it's okay. Um, it's so important, you know, when you get to that point of really going through your uh, journey and you have that inner healing to be in a position to encourage someone else. And so I, I think it's so important to share your story, whatever it may be, because, you know, someone else can truly be encouraged by uh, what you've gone through. You noted about sometimes you may need to bring in someone else, for example, seeing a counselor and you shared about how your writing also helped you to cope. If you were to say, give recommendations to other people about say different ways to cope or other ideas. And again, we always stress that everyone is different. So some of these ways may work for some but not work for others, but we all have to find our own unique ways. What would you say? Yes, again, we always lean in with it being unique uh, <laughs> for each person, but I, I think journaling in and of itself can be really healing because you get those thoughts out of your heart and mind and you have it on paper. You know, you may want to write a letter. There may be some unresolved things that you have. And although you know you are unable to physically give it to your loved one who is no longer with you physically, but you, you do something. So journaling, I think, is helpful. Talking to other people um, who've experienced it, you know, recognizing that their story will be different from yours, but there's some level of normalization, if you will, in that you realize, hey, I'm not in this journey by myself. Something that I don't think we generally share with people is it's okay. Like, you know, none of these things may be what works for you, but 
I think just giving yourself time to grieve in our society and world today, it's so fast paced that we just are not able to really sit in the moment. And I think just knowing that it's okay. And hey, I'm feeling sad today. You know, hey, I don't want to talk today. That's okay, because, you know, it's part of the process. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to grieve and to grieve freely. And so those would just be a couple things I would you know, potentially recommend for someone who may be um, experiencing grief. Just for all of our listeners, we really want to stress that it is a process. It's different for everyone. And just give yourself permission, like Dr. Battle said, give yourself permission to grieve in your way and in your unique process. And Dr. Battle, I know you are an academic professional. You have worked with children and so much more, but I also know you have a consultation service. Could you share what what areas you tend to focus on? Yes, and and so thank you, Dr. Hardy, for that. So yes, I do have a consultation service. Um, I really focus on truly providing a service from the heart. It is strength-based and uh, person-centered because I I believe it's very important to, you know, recognize the strengths in all of our clients and everyone has something special that they can bring to the table. And so I really focus on uh, grant writing development for individuals, organizations who are interested in obtaining award-winning proposals. So what does it look like to establish that? What are the steps in grant writing development? Of course, grief and loss education, that's near and dear to my heart. So whether um, it's an adult working in a youth serving organization or it's uh, an organization that wants to provide services to its employees uh, regarding grief and loss. And then I also do a school social work consultation as a former school social worker for more than a decade. (laughs) Um, I try to support um, other school systems, particularly as it relates to social and emotional support for um, the children that they support. And so those are just a few key areas. Again, um, my mantra is service from the heart. I think it's important to, you know, just treat people as you would want to be treated. So those are a couple of the areas uh, that I focus on. Thank you. So you mentioned the grant writing, certainly the grief and loss, and I'm glad that people will know that they can connect with you if they wanted to have a discussion further and gain more education about grief and loss and then those social work services. Now, if someone had a consultation session with you, what could they expect? Oh, wow, that's a great question. So I would say that they would expect or can expect to have a client-focused and professional session. As I shared, it's truly service from the heart. Um, uh, They would expect to complete a client preparation profile. And that's really important because it allows a potential client to provide some insight as to what their needs are, whether that's an individual need or organizational need. And it also gives me an opportunity to review that and and determine if our services would align. Um, And so once that's determined, uh, we would set up an initial uh, contact to discuss the specific services and the associated fees. A client would also, the the initial consultation is free. And so uh, anyone who would be interested can certainly have an opportunity where they felt like their needs were were being met. And I'm sure after listening to you today that many people may want to reach out to you to learn more about your consultation services. If someone wanted to do so, how would they go about reaching you? 
Yeah, so first I would, you know, certainly recommend anyone who's listening today, if you were interested in gaining some more insights, to go visit my website. Uh, the website is kbattle, that's K-B, like boy, A-T-T-L-E, kbattleconsulting.com. Uh, you can also email me at info at kbattleconsulting.com. And or you can just do a simple Google search, uh, Dr. Kiana Battle, LMSW, LLC. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can certainly find me from those channels. Dr. Battle, it has been such a delight to talk to you today. If you wanted the listeners to take away one key point from what you shared today, what would that point be? So I would say in closing to the listeners that someone is waiting to hear your story. And I would end with who can you help by sharing your story? Because as we know, there's power in your story. If you don't share it, someone else may never get the help that they need. Just know that someone's waiting to hear your story. Thank you. Thank you.